Welcome back to the Rise of the Rune Lords. It's me, DM Clinton, and we are here, the victorious Warriors of Light. Aiden is playing Raskin today. Hey, how's it going? Connor, are you playing Hugo? Yeah. Hey, Clinton, can I have my eyes back? No. Nathan, are you playing Reeton? Rawr, I'm a vampire. <laughs> I don't think so. And Alex, are you playing Aristotle? I am still playing Aristotle. Okay. We are here with the Warriors of Light down in their new lair. It's no longer known as the Lair of the Hidden Beast. It is now known as the Lair of the Warriors of Light. The Warriors are currently reposing in their comfy chairs inside this magical mansion created by Aristotle, munching on grapes, eating hunks of turkey and ham. If it wasn't for the constant smell of flayleaf, this place would be all right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that is ever-present. It is very skunky. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what news brings ye? I hear that there are levels up. Is that correct? There are. That is correct. All right. Who's ready to report? I think I'll go first because my level up was probably a bit easier. So both Aristotle and I hit 16. I have decided to branch off once again and multi-class. Mm. I am dipping into Barbarian. Is this your third class? Yes, it is. Okay. And I took the Scarred Rager Ooh, what is this? So I lose fast movement, but I get to add half my barbarian level on intimidate checks against humanoids who are not members of barbarian tribes. So pretty much anybody we're going to interact with. All right, so some barbarians wear masks, marks, I'm sorry, of prowess and savagery upon their bodies. The Scarred Rager believes each wound tells the tales of his or her prowess and bravery. You augment these ragged trophies with brands and tattoos in order to win the notice and favor of your gods, ancestors, or totem spirits. The Scarred Rager's gnarled and exotic appearance terrifies civilized onlookers, but is inspiring to her or your savage kin. Okay, so at first level, you have your terrifying visage, right? Yes. Half your barbarian level on intimidate checks against humanoids who are not members of the... Okay, well, that's useful. Although at the moment, it doesn't say half level minimum one. So I actually get plus zero to my intimidate checks. At the <laughs> okay. Uh, when dealing with barbarians, the East Guard Rager may choose to add this bonus to diplomacy checks instead. The DC of any fear effect created by the Scarred Rager also increases by one. Okay, you do get that. Yep. All right. Awesome. What else? I get rage for nine rounds per day. And that's it. A base attack bonus of plus one. Yes. How many hit points did you roll? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I got a one on my D12. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm very, very sad about that. I was hoping this was going to be a big boost to my health. But, nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> I know how that goes. Okay. And that's it. All yep. right. Aristotle, are you ready? Uh, yes, I am. So when I hit level 16, I do get an increase to my base attack bonus. Not that that really matters. Mm-hmm. I also get a plus one to my will save. And then for my hit die, I rolled a five out of six. Nice. I also get access to level eight spells. I get one of those. And I also use my flavor class bonus, which is going to give me an additional spell splat as long as it's not at my highest spell, which mm. now is going to be seventh or lower. 
I am going to take one seventh level spell and one eighth level spell. The seventh level spell I chose is Hungry Darkness. Hungry Darkness. This spell creates an area of intense blackness as deeper darkness, but filled with unseen chewing teeth and ravenous maws. Any creatures beginning its turn within the Hungry Darkness is gnawed and slashed by these unseen fangs of force, dealing 3d6 points of force damage and 2 points of constitution damage per round. Whoa! Once a creature leaves the cloud, it continues to take 1d6 points of bleed damage each round until it receives magical healing or enters an area of bright light. Spell resistance can prevent the damage from Hungry Darkness, but not against the darkness it creates. And then for my level 8 spell, I chose Storm Bolts. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a lightning spell. It spills forth from my body in all directions when I cast it, and the bolts from me do not harm natural vegetation or creatures in the area I wish to exclude from the damage. Everything else takes 1d points of electricity damage per level to a maximum of 20d8 and is stunned for one round. Now for the big thing that I get, because I am wearing a robe of arcane heritage, my bloodline is treated as four levels higher than it is actually. So instead mm-hmm. of 16, I now have access to my spell cap, Ooh. which is called the Arcane Apotheosis. This replaces an ability that I had earlier called Metamagic Adept. And what Arcane Apotheosis does is surges my body with arcane power. I can add metamagic feats that I know to any spells without increasing their casting time, although I still must expend a higher level spell slot to do so. that's nice. Yeah, so everything I'm going to be casting is probably going to have some sort of metamagic on it now. Sweet. In addition to this, whenever I use magic items that require charges, I can instead expend spell slots to power the item. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) For every three levels of spell slots that I expend, I consume one less charge when using a magic item. Three spell slots? Yeah, so like one level three spell slot or three level ones. That's great. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, that's really good. Okay. Braskin has decided to wear the Sahedrin ring. Yes. And Reeton has the invisibility ring. Yes, I do. Okay. It's on one of my fingers, but not activated. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Any other things you want to take care of while we're here in the lair? Oh, yeah. Reeton's negative energy levels. Mm. 24 hours have passed and roll some fortitude saves. I was wondering if we just wanted to do, just use that one to restoration just to remove them without doing any of the rolls. Because most likely I'm going to fail one or more of the rolls. It doesn't really hurt anything. I'd say just go for it because it can save us the spell. Uh, I'll try it. He is currently at negative six to his saving throws as well. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Okay, so I need to roll, what, a 22? Uh Uh-huh. First roll, 28. Success. And now I'm at negative five. No, that doesn't tick off like that. They're all at negative six. They all happen at the same time. Oh, they do? Okay. Mm-hmm. 12. So one remains. 29. Success. 16. Two remain. 21. Failed, so three remain. Holy crap, I rolled two 20s, though. Uh, another 29. So I got rid of three of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, unless we want to walk around with the barbarian having negative three. No. I mean, I got this Wand of Restoration that has eight charges left on it, and it'd be a shame if we used up any of these charges. I'm just going to hold it a little bit closer to Aristotle every time I say a vowel. <laughs> I can still kill you. I'm now poking Aristotle with the Wand. I mean, like, <laughs> we had a way. Aristotle? Yeah, that's your thing, dude. Can you not cast this Wand at all? You're the Divine Caster. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We bought it to use it, right? You're poking me. I'm, like, slapping away. What are you doing, man? 
<laughs> I just I, I heard you had ways of saving charges, and I was very interested in seeing this effect. Oh, I yeah. And also saving some gold. Mostly the saving the gold part. Could use magic device. Oh yeah, I suppose. And try to save levels. I'm I'm just saying it's a financial burden for me and like a night's rest for you. Yeah, sure, whatever. I'll blow out through three spell level slots, first level. Okay, three first level spots. And then I am going to do a UMD. Mm-hmm. My question is this: before we do that. I thought one cast of Restoration did all the negative levels. It does. Yes. Yes. They're temporary negative levels. That's why. Yes. That's the only reason why I wanted him to try is because there wasn't any downside to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we just need the one then. Okay. Do you want me to do this? Yes. Pop. Here's the UMD. As long as it's 20, it's a 25. Success. Success. And I'm going to use it and I'm going to, there's going to be a little bit of smoke that comes from his ears when he, when he taps <laughs> okay. him with it. <laughs> all right. The smoke drains and wraps around your arm and then wraps around the wand as you poof and a little puff of smoke goes around his head. And he is cleared of all his negative levels. Oh, oh, I feel so much better now. A flayleaf smudge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which. Well done, team. uh, Since we're in here for 24 hours, I'm going to smoke some. Mm -hmm. We kind of knew that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so you are now here in the lair of the Warriors of Light. 300 or so feet below the surface of the lava flow. 24 hours is up. How long does this uh, mansion last? 30. It's two hours per level. Okay, so you got some time left, uh, you know, well before it's time to kick you out. The team uh, finishes their stuff. Uh, Is it ready to venture forth? How much do we heal again after 24 hours? Double your hit die. Two points per hit die. Two points, so 30. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you need any more? Uh, Let me check. And yes, probably yes. I have 149 out of 182. I don't know what you mean when you say that, but I'll hit you a couple more (laughs) times with this wand that I got, buddy. Okay. Nine points of health back to you. That's pretty bad. I I gave you another one, and it's another nine. This wand's making, like, sputtering noises. It's not a good noise. What's the, um, how many charges do we have left on that? We should be at, I think, 43 now. Oh, give me one or two more. All right, I'm going to smack the back of it like it's a bottle of ketchup a couple of times. <laughs> and apparently that works. 20 hit points. Perfect. Right, we're all at the back of the wand. <laughs> Are you back to full? I'm at full. Okay, great. Anybody else need healing? Nah. Don't need healing if you don't get hit. Right. All right, so Morgiv is ready and willing to serve to lead you back and forth to the lair, to and fro the lair. Thanks, Morgiv. And he says... um. Anywhere along the road, he can pop you guys back out. Uh, we are now on the lower city map. So he can pop us anywhere we need. So, like, right. I assume this this thing that's marked H up here. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that I think that's the one that the... <laughs> yeah, that's the next one I want you to go to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he has you pop out here on, you know, 4,500 feet away. And that, uh, that That's, you know, half the day's travel. You, cu- you pop out of a building that's uh, partially covered by lava flow. You see in the distance a large dome. An immense dome of stone rises at the center of an elevated road here. The structure towers 500 feet in height and is capped by a smaller dome that brings its total height to nearly 700 feet in all. Numerous arches and openings decorate the building's side, all allowing access to its cavernous interior. It looks special. I guess everyone roll perception check. Just go ahead and do it. Oh, right. Do you want Hugo to do that? Uh, no. I got a 26. People are describing it to Hugo, and he's like, it's, it's a big dome, huh? Maybe uh, 
Raskin and Reeton could enter and we could see who walks out. <laughs> Raskin rolls a one. He's like, what dome? <laughs> it looks like a wall. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Morgiv says, ooh, there. Beware. Abominable snowmen live there. They are quite powerful. That sounds fun. Yeah. Are they giants? They might be giants. Well, let's see. There might be giants. They might be. I would like a local. Knowledge local check. Nah. Hey, I can finally attempt that. I put a skill point into it this level. Fifteen. <laughs> nope, that's not high enough. If you go get a natural one for a six, I assume that they are like massive fire elementals, right? <laughs> yes. He says, well, these creatures stand like men, yet it is half again the height of most men, and covered with a coat of thick white fur. They're quite monstrous, these humanoids. You know what they're weak against, Morgan? I would assume they're vulnerable to fire. Fire. Everyone remember fire. He goes, that's impossible. I I don't know what you've been seeing, but uh, (laughs) it usually doesn't work like that, my friend. I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe Morgiv on this one. Fire elementals are obviously immune to fire. Yeah, why, why would you burn a fire elemental? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he says, beware there. Oh, and by the way, I have a reward for you. Ooh. My brethren have already managed to reclaim one of our old shrines, and we've decided that the treasures we had hidden there should be given to you. Oh, that's nice. He hands you a leather bag. I detect magic on it. It is absolutely magical. I spellcraft it. Or or I ask him if he wants to tell us what it is before I do that. I do not know. I spellcraft it. But it seems to hold more than normal. With a 32 spellcraft, is this some sort of bag of holding? It is. It's a bag type 2. Weighs 25 pounds, can contain up to 500 pounds, and 70 cubic feet of volume. I'll share this with the party. It's a type 2 bag of holding. I'm very familiar with these. Can I look inside the bag and see if there's anything in there? There are. Yeah. There's a staff, a scroll, three scrolls, four scrolls, and a silk pouch. Uh, Hugo would like to try to identify some of those things Reedon was enthusiastically exclaiming. How about a 31 on the staff? What does that look like to Hugo? Yeah, let's describe that staff here. White ash staff decorated with inlaid silver runes. This moderate conjuration staff of healing allows the following spells. Cure serious wounds for a charge. Lesser restoration for a charge. Remove blindness and deafness. Two charges. Yay. (laughs) And remove disease. Three charges. That's a Hugo staff if I ever heard of one. Yeah, that's a Hugo staff. I know what I have to do. (laughs) (laughs) So it has 10 charges in it now, and it allows it to, you can cast it at your caster level. Ooh. That's cool. Yeah, staves are amazing. And we had a bunch of scrolls and a silk pouch. Okay, inside the silk pouch are eight what look to be vials of liquid. I drank them all. Oh, dear. I, uh, I stopped him from drinking any of them. <laughs> Hugo identified all these things. He's just trying to staff the staff into his bag in a way that fits. Mm-hmm. A 39 spellcraft. Let's identify the first of those liquids, whatever he reaches out and grabs at first. They are all identical. And they are all elixirs of the peaks. When imbibed, an elixir of the peaks gives the user the ability to scale and survive in mountainous terrain with great skill. The imbiber is treated as if acclimated to all higher latitudes lower than a death zone and gains a plus two competence bonus on all survival checks made at elevations of above 5,000 feet. 
You also gain a plus 10 competence bonus on climb checks and survival checks in mountainous terrain. These bonuses stack with the altitude-based bonus above. Finally, the imbiber gains the benefits of an Endure Elements spell. The effects of the elixir wear off after eight hours. So you have eight Elixir of the Peaks. Two each? Apparently so. Nice. Sure. And then there are four scrolls. A 35 spellcraft on whatever the first one is you can grab. Greater Restoration. Uh-huh. How about a 46 for the second one? Heal. A 41 on the next scroll. Another Heal. And the last scroll? A 39. True Resurrection. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want me to put this True Resurrection scroll with my other True Resurrection scrolls? Yeah, I mean, you should honestly <laughs> probably take all of these. <laughs> yeah. You're the well, only one who can cast them. Actually, it might not be a bad idea just leave it in the party loot just in case you do die. Well, it's got to go to somebody's bag of holding. Yeah. Now that you have another one. Hugo can hold on to him. All right. I like to think that Hugo has a place with those scrolls that just like four written. <laughs> in case of bugbear emergency, break glass. <laughs> also in the bag are four magical daggers. They look vicious. And Ooh. four magical short bows with 20 arrows each and four more rings. He says, we found these on the vampires. We have taken care of them already. Good job, guys. These are yours. First, you want the daggers? Mm-hmm. One check should be enough. All right, a 37. Vicious daggers, plus one. Okay. Uh, 35 for the next item? Plus one composite short bows with normal arrows. And uh, another 35. Rings of protection, plus one. Okay, yeah. Chump gear. Yep. Okay. He says, that is all I can grant you. In the event you hear a series of hoots and warning howls, do not fear. It is our hidden brethren warning you of danger. What this will do for you is you will be able to react to danger much more quickly, gaining a plus four bonus on all your initiative checks made while in the lower city. Awesome. So the spared are hiding all over the city now, looking out for you guys. That's pretty nice. Nice. Thank you. Uh... Oh, shit. What's his name? What's his name again? My, my, my name is Morgive, strange one. Morgive. Morgive. So, I'm sorry. I'm bad. I'm bad with names. I still don't know what Braskin's name is. <laughs> <sighs> all right. That is all that we can offer our assistance for you now. We hope it is enough. I mean, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Thanks. Very well. And farewell, friends. Whenever you need to come back to the lair, call me and I will be here to help you through. Thanks, buddy. He's a good guy. He kind of shimmers and shifts and his skin turns and you, know, you can it's almost like you're looking through him and he just disappears into the darkness. Hugo continues waving to him. Stop it, Hugo. All right. So now the spared are on your side. You have a very potent little help here. Yeah, we got Jawas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, should we go into the dome that the... DM so kindly wants us to go into. More experience that way. Yep. Four players yeah. enter. <laughs> One PC leaves. <laughs> One NPC leaves. That's heard. <laughs> All right. You move to the outside of the building, and as you look in, you see the interior of this building is mostly open, creating a truly impressive enclosed area once used as a place for the most gifted stone giants of ancient Zinchalas to practice the art of monument construction. All that remains now of their final project is a heap of rubble a hundred feet high in the center of the area. The stone giant architects themselves dwelt in chambers built into the walls of the dome, 
accessed by spiraling ramps, each with its own private exit into the city. Although no giants have dwelt here for thousands of years, its current tenants are no less huge. A tribe of particularly violent and loathsome yetis have taken up residence here six decades ago. Oh, I don't know why you would know this. <laughs> Morgiv. Hugo's getting a, a message. Mm-hmm. The walls are talking. It's, it's Morgiv's friends. So at the peak of the rubble pile, you see a 30-foot tall altar to some unknown god. Religion check. Yeah, he can do that. How about a 36? Ooh, that's really good. 25. Uh, 36 is enough to know this. It looks like an effigy, and in... What's their language? In... Does anyone know Aklo? Oh, tongues. I can't read tongues. You can only speak and understand. Ah, uh, gotcha. Hugo yeah. does speak Aklo. Okay. Which, which makes sense. He's, he's all about the Eldritch. You see that this is a name of a chieftain. So it's not a religious effigy. It's more of a fallen effigy, an effigy to a fallen leader. It's in the form of hundreds of bones tied together with lengths of sinew to form a rough approximation of a humanoid shape. Here lies the Goron Chief Darmani. Ugh. Do you approach the mound? And are you going to do so visibly or invisibly? I'm first going to start buffing up as we start getting close. How long does invisible last for on this ring? Minutes per level. So on the ring, oh, what is the ring of invisibility's caster look? Third caster level. So three minutes. Three minutes, yes. Yeah, I'm going to pop that. Okay, go invisible. Anyone else? Yeah, I cast it too. You cast it as well. Okay, so you turn invisible. Who else? I'll pop it as a wand. Okay, and then... W- would anyone want to boop me? Or do you need someone to be bait? Yeah, uh, I can boop you. All right. So I could be bait if we need it. All right, so you all sneak in. There are these creatures. I'm going to have to roll a skill for them. I'm also doing a mirror image. I would like you guys to go ahead and roll for me your stealth checks. Adjust it. Hugo will have a 49. I will have a 37. So far, the highest abominable snowman or yeti perception check is 31. With uh, plus 20, my stealth to be 40. Mm-hmm. 37. Okay, all of you easily surpass them. They cannot notice you until any time you're ready to commit to the ambush. How many do we see? You see six. These are large humanoids, monstrous humanoids. They look like, uh, essentially, they're the classic Yeti. You know, they're furry humanoid apes of immense size, 10 to 12 feet tall. Okay. They are just going about their business here. Some are cutting up what look to be other creatures, maybe a, a skulk that was caught, which is, seems unlikely, but... You know, that kind of stuff. They're, they're monstrous and they're awful. Okay. So you have command of the battlefield. They are in a hot pile of rubble, 100 feet high, and you find that there are all different kinds of caves and dwellings inside. So at any one time, there's only two showing from outside. There's only two outside at any time. We know that there are six. You go through, spend about 10 minutes, and you look all about trying to find all of them. And you find that there are many places in here for many more. Like there's sleeping for like 20 or more, but you only see six at the moment. Can we tell who the leader is? Well, he would have a Sahedrin ring on. That's right. Since Hugo is the only one that can understand their speech, here's what you piece together. 
they moved here about six decades ago and were more than capable of holding their own against the giants and lamias of the city. Until only a few weeks ago, the tribe was led by an immense chieftain named Vorgur, which they still say is in charge of them. Vorgur is their chieftain, a monster who maintained his rule through brutality and force. But he has changed recently. Vorgur, maybe a few weeks ago, was invited up to the main city above, the higher city. He spends most of his time there. And then every few days or so, periodic visits, he comes back and tells them, you know, stay here and to be ready for a time when their savagery might be needed. So they're left up to their own cognizance for a while. And uh, Vorgur hasn't returned for a couple of weeks. Any ideas, boys? I'm not sure how free I should be to share that with you if we're in the middle of this place. You can always find a little place off to the side and whisper. Wait, don't we all have tongues? I don't. I'm right now. Yes, the giants made an open and public invitation to Vorgur, acknowledging his strength and power before the other yetis under his command, and invited the behemoth to join them as a co-ruler of Jinchalast. That's what they believe. Vorgur shows up, pays visits to the tribe on a weekly basis to check up on them and punish those who have strayed too far from his leadership. But there's no more day-to-day leadership of the tribe. Do we know if he's going to be showing up today? It is not expected, no. Okay. It sounds like it's going to be in a few weeks. I'd rather not wait a few weeks. Same. Not a few weeks, a few days. My apologies. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm okay with waiting a few days. Yeah, if we're going to wait, like, we can wait a few days, come back. Usually in these situations, right? Like, we've killed giants and stuff, and usually once we kill the leader, the underlings kind of cower, right? I wonder, does anybody have a role to know if that is the same thing that could happen with these abominable snow 2D pixels? I don't think anyone <laughs> rolled well enough with their knowledge local to know about mm-hmm. um, abominable snowmen tribals. No, nobody knows anything about them. Okay. Pretty much, other than what you have already learned. Yetis are savages. They don't even wear clothing. They're cruel. You can tell that they love to eat humanoid flesh. Oh no, but we're humanoids. <laughs> I'm a humanoid. It's up to you guys. You wanna you wanna murder some abominable snowmen or wait to murder some abominable snowmen? Is there any benefit to doing it now? We have to fight less of them now. Yeah. I suppose it's true. If the leader's coming back, he might have an entourage as well. And six of these I'm comfortable taking. What, upwards of 20 plus a leader? Uh, it's gonna get a little bit hairier. No pun intended. I mean, we could kill the six and then wait here and ambush the rest when they come back. Yeah. How much damage would it take to collapse this dome? Mm, that's a good question. That'd probably be an engineering check. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have that. You go has engineering. All right, give it a shot. Now, you're speaking of the giant dome, right? Yes. Uh, Hugo got a 19. Not too bad. Well, you think maybe an earthquake, but it... You're not sure. This dome looks so well-built. It's ridiculous. It's like trying to collapse a mountain itself. Maybe if we throw Reeton at it. I'm not that good at destroying that well. I don't know, man. These were structurally designed like to house giants and deal with giants. Yeah. They're yeah. going to be structurally sound. Wasn't it built like right next to a volcano? I imagine these are things they probably thought of already. Yeah, plus yeah. it's probably all... Well, some of it's probably magically infused. Yeah, it's, you know, that classic magical infusion that they do that makes the just super hard, never age? Yeah. 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 Every building here has been treated with that. All right, so two of them are outside. I'm going to whisper to Braskin, let's get the right one and just go from there. 
Uh, you get on the left side, I'll get on the right side. All right. Got it. So let's go ahead and pull up the turn order. You hear, as you are about to attack, you hear hoots and howls. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you get your plus four bonus to initiative. 13. 14. Good job, Hugo. Hugo got a 29. 15. I'm just going to roll once for them. Hugo, you are first with a 29. Because of his vision restrictions, Hugo would like to be somewhere where he could see all of the members of his party. I know Reeton and Raskin are trying to get a flank on a snowman. So if I could stay somewhere like in between Raskin and Reeton, that would be where he'd like to be. So I have Raskin on the left, Reeton on the right, Hugo in the middle, and Aristotle right behind Hugo. Yeah. This is the surprise round. I get a full round, but I shouldn't be the one to light this candle. I'm going to delay. Okay, delay. Aristotle, you're next with a 15. Invisible Aristotle is going to cast Haste. Okay, Haste on the team. Uh, Can you do that silently? Yes, I can. I will use a silent spell feat to do it. And that is going to increase the spell level by one. Okay, all right. So that's, hey, everyone is hasted silently? Yes. Okay, Vraskin. I will move up this way. Reeton and I were going to go flank this Yeti, I believe. So I was going to go over this way. Okay, Reeton. I'm going to follow the plan and move, what is that? You're within charging distance. Well, since I have the option, I'm going to rage, baby, and charge. One last thing, right before this happens, Vraskin, I'm going to need a stealth check. I'm going to roll stealth check for you because you moved close. Yes. Versus their perception, uh, 30 perception check versus your 34 stealth. So you succeed in flying over, but he smells something and alerts him. Okay. All right, Reeton. I would like to charge, rage. My elemental will be fire. The secondary, the lesser elemental will be acid. Uh, Do these things have any spell-like abilities, spells, anything like that? No, no. I didn't think so. No. All right, and a 39 to their flat-footed. Okay, let's take a look. 39 to their flat-footed. Their AC currently is 21. Okay. And so that would be 40 points of damage. Okay. To DR10 piercing. So you need piercing weapons to bypass their damage reduction. Yeah, the blade is a hacking blade, not a stabbing blade. By design, you want to make large crescent arcs with it. Well then, so 30 points of damage plus a D6 of fire. That is four. So I assume that's six points of damage. That is six points of damage. So 36... And then six more for acid. 42. 42 points of damage. The creature howls in pain as you slash and burn it. It's skin sizzling. All right. The abominable snowman can act now, but they are surprised. Round one. Hugo, you didn't go on round zero unless you still want to. Nah, I, th- I think I'll just keep my place in position. You can now act a full round action. I have a slip of surprise. I could do that anyways. Uh, is oh. this map accurate as far as space? The squares are accurate, yes. All right. I'm going to do a full round action and summon a friend. I'm going to cast Summon Monster 8 and Summon a Hamatula. Oh, a barbed devil is going to be appearing behind him. You begin your casting, and your invisibility does not break. Correct. This is not a hostile spell. Correct. Aristotle. All right. Um, If I'm understanding correctly, with 60 feet of movement, I can get to this square here. 60 would be this location. Okay. Yeah. I want to go to that square. Go ahead. And then now it looks like that I am close enough to use a new spell that I got, which I want to try out. This has a 65 foot range, so we're good. 
I am going to drop a hungry darkness back here. Yeah, that's a great idea. So drop it on the entrance and as they appear. Okay. Is this a sphere? It's a 60 foot radius sphere. Yes. Like the 30 foot, if we can have 30 foot inside the cave and 30 foot out, that would be ideal. But yeah, that's what this is here. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted a, a, a sphere of darkness on the map. Okay. All right, so you laid the hungry darkness in front of the cave, so they have to pass through it. Perfect. Each darkness is six foot radius light levels lowered two steps. So this was normally dark. So areas of dim and darkness become supernaturally dark. I like the sound of that. This functions like darkness, but even creatures with dark vision cannot see within the spell's confines. Okay. And it does con damage, too. Yes. And there's no save. And there's no yes. save. Okay. All right, Aristotle, you're done. All right, Vraskin. I'm about to go full action economy here. First off, I have two steps I got to make before I even worry about attacking. First off, as a swift action, I'm going to activate the Mark of Wrath upon my forehead, Ooh. which allows me to activate Fire Shield as if it was casted at 15th level. Ooh, nice. So for 15 rounds, I take half damage from cold-based attacks, and any creature who hits me with its body or a handheld weapon takes 1-6 points of fire damage plus 1 point per caster level. Okay. So swift action for that. Free action, I'm going to activate Rage. Uh -huh. Yeti directly in front of me, and I kind of feel bad for what I'm about to do with two. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> just horrible okay 41 to hit <laughs> okay hits easily okay it's 20 above what you need okay so that is 45 points of physical damage and it's not piercing right it is because it's a bite attack bite are piercing slashing and bludgeoning oh all three okay yes. so that goes through 45 physical and five okay. acid so 50 points yes I get to make an Intimidate check. Uh-huh. Uh, 55. So I believe that shakes it. Yes. The duration doesn't really matter because I don't think it's going to live. But it's flat-footed, which is what matters. <laughs> yep. DC 24. Okay. So I beat it by 31, which means it is shaken for a total of seven rounds. So this one is shaken. So let's put on the shaken token. Alrighty. Uh, claw, claw, tail. 37 to hit. Hits. 34 points of physical damage. Is this also piercing? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then four points of acid. Total of 38. Yes, total of 38 damage. 41 to hit for 53 points of damage. And it is dead. Righty. And then I would like to five foot step and use my tail attack on the other Yeti. So a 26 to threaten the critical. It threatens. Uh, 16 to confirm against his flat-footed. Yeah, 21 AC flat-footed. So it does not confirm, but it does 17 points of slashing damage. Okay, 17 of slashing, so 10. Minus 10, so 7 points. Okay, good start. Yep. That's a ton of damage, man. Yep. All right, Reeton. Man, I need to punch some trees. I'm going to take a 5-foot step so that I can attack this other Yeti uh, power attack. Oh, did you account for the fact that you're hasted? Oh, I totally forgot about the fact that I'm hasted. I get another bite. Okay, then hold on there, Reedon. Let him finish. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I completely forgot about haste. 32 to hit for Hits. 56 points of damage. Piercing? Yes. Okay, all right. And it's also shaken for six rounds. And now I am going to do a full round attack. My first one is going to be my hasted attack. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My hasted attack was a 51, which, does that threaten? 
threaten and a crit confirm of 51? Yes, it does. I'll just do the damage. That's 34 plus 39. So that would be 73. 73. Okay. Then we do a D6 of fire and a D10 of fire, which I only rolled a two and a one. So two would be three. And one would be two. Or wait, one would be one, right? One point is one. So one's a fire. It's still alive, but barely. The second attack is a 38. <laughs> Hits. 37 points of damage. And that killed it. And five for fire, so that would be seven. Yeah, it's on fire. Okay. <laughs> well done. Those two are dead. The abominable snowmen now go, and the inner ones are alerted and begin to arrive in, let's call it uh, one die, three rounds. I would presume Braskin and I would be going on either side of the tunnel to flank them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to stand at the edge of the darkness and just if they try to come through, just beat them back into it. That's a good idea. Ah, uh, that sounds good. As they try to move in, they stop. They can't see, travel through their caves that they know very well, very slowly. While they do that, can Braskin and I position ourselves? Right, on, the, on your turn. Okay, round two, Hugo. At the beginning of round two, Hugo's friend will show up. And these other guys are still inside of the, I almost called it an igloo, the dome. The dome of rubble, yeah. So this creature that I summoned has both dark vision and the ability see in darkness, which specifies it works even in deeper darkness. Then it would work. The barbed devil can see through this darkness just fine. So it notices that they are, you know, one, two, three, four, about 45 to 50 feet away at the cave entrance. Okay, I'm going to have the Barb Devil, if it is able to do so, fire two Scorching Rays at that first one, which would be within range of 55 feet. Okay. Let me get you two touch attacks. Their touch AC is... Okay. What'd you get? First is going to be a 30. Touch AC of 7. Uh-huh. Uh, second is a 31. Okay. The Hamatula... Or is that the name of the creature? That is like the Latin name of the barbed devil. Got it. Either is acceptable. He answers to both. So what? what is this attack again? I forget. Barbed devils can at will cast Scorching Ray. Mm-hmm. Has a range of 55 feet. And it looks like we are just in range for this first one here. Okay, so two Scorching Rays zap out of its fingers as it pew-pews. It will be a total of 30 points of fire damage. Times one and a half. So that's 45. Mm-hmm. Nice. It howls in pain in the darkness. In an aclo, what, where, how? Hugo will just spend his turn doing some movement in the past the turn. <laughs> All right. Uh, Aristotle's next. Aristotle is going to, again, he'll sit down and cross his legs, and now he can enjoy the fruit of his labors. Just hearing their howls of pain, right, is yes. satisfaction? Yeah. Okay. All right, Vraskin, you can't see past this darkness. Correct. All you can see is the hungry mouths appear and disappear into the miasma. Gotcha. Are they within 60 feet of me? Uh, you just got to count squares. 11 squares. Okay. So that's 55 feet. So I can smell them. Yes, you can smell that there are abominable snowmen nearby, but you don't know which direction. You can't target a square. I think with blind sense, I can. Blind sense, yes, but not scent. Well, I have blind sense. Oh, I thought you said scent. Sorry. Okay, so if I can identify where they are, jaw drops open and line of acid. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a DC 25 reflex save. Okay. 
I'm saying that since they can't see this coming, they're fl- still flat-footed, essentially, to this. Okay. 27? Yes. 18. Okay. So the one that failed takes 68 points of acid damage. The one that succeeded takes 34. All right. These guys are chumps going into the meat grinder. All right, Rayton. I'm going to move up to next Braskin and be like, man, do you ever think we're mean? <laughs> Are we the bad guys? And then I'm just going to wait for them to get in hit and range. All right. So it's now the uh, Abominable Snowmen. Two of them start their turn in the darkness. They're going to take eight points of force damage, which is not much. But then they also take two points of constitution damage. And now we're at round three. But however, we're out of time. So we're going to have to pick this combat up next time on Rise of the Rune Lords. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye, yetis. Bye. Bye. I love him and hug him and kiss him and smuggle him. We'll call him George. All right, so you all sneak in. I'm going to call up. Let's look at these. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) this is what you see. (laughs) Someone has replaced my tokens and images with a pixelized version from some video game. This is from Freesky. (laughs) Never heard of it. Oh, it's before your time. Looks like an 8-bit thing. Old school computer game. That icon still makes me laugh. Yeah, it it, it (laughs) It makes me so happy. It should. There are listeners who are going to be like, the abominable snowman. (laughs) So what would happen in Ski Free is you'd be skiing and everything would be going great. And then the abominable snowman would just eat you. And you could never escape him. Hmm. Well, that might be happening here. All right.